listener. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yulikit Woolen Clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Welcome back, everyone, but also Mandy, because the last time I did a kick bump episode, it was Oscar across from me. Yes, I actually enjoyed Oscar on the kick bump podcast. <laughs> I, I love that um, a gay man with no children yeah. was like talking about mum life like it was second nature. Yeah. It really, I really, really had it. some like great additions to the intro. <laughs> Even in the chat with Rach, like he was fully doing the Kegel exercises and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's nice to have you back. It's so good to be back. I'm really excited because today we have a toddler tantrum tale. Yes. I don't just, these are my favourite. If your toddler has ever cracked it over something yeah. hilarious, such as what have we had in the past, like um, couldn't oh, eat the dog food. Yeah, and then or, someone wasn't allowed to put their underwear on so they had to go yeah. like commando in yeah. the house for half the day. Otherwise their toddler would have yeah. absolutely lost it. Um, please do send it in to at kickpod on Instagram. Um, this one comes in from Talia. So I have a two-year-old and a three-month-old and I've been trying to set up little activities for my two-year-old through the adjustment period just to keep him a bit occupied and happier whilst I focus on breastfeeding and trying to do all that stuff. Anyway, yesterday I set up paints for him outside and it was slightly windy. So I rolled out the paper that's, you know, goes on an easel. I put it on the ground, put some small rocks on the edges so it stayed flat on the ground. But it was a bit too windy for his liking and the paper was like kind of lifting off the ground and it was disturbing his paintbrush strokes. And he just threw his paintbrushes on the ground and started screaming at me. Mommy, stop the wind. Stop the wind. <laughs> like just yelling, stop the wind, mommy. And I didn't know what to do. I just kind of giggled and went, I'm sorry. I really can't stop the wind. I really wish I could, but I'm not a goddess. A goddess. <laughs> I mean, if you're balancing two under two, you're a goddess to me, yeah. Talia. But that is so funny. That actually reminds me. Um, we recently went to New Zealand and while we were there, we played two mini golfs with Harvey because he's yeah. obsessed with golf. And there was this one, this one that was like very open, this one course that was really, really open. It was a really windy day and it was just Josh, I and Harvey and Harvey would hit the ball and the wind like a few times would move his ball. And one time it like the wind took the ball into the hole oh. and we were like, this is great. Like we started <laughs> celebrating and he's like, Oh, he's living by the rule that no, if I don't, put, like, I'm allowed to pick it up and put it where I want yeah. it. But the wind, even if it, it works in my favour, not allowed. And he picked it and he just looked at us and he wanted to drop his club and he said, no hit, no hit. Like he was telling us, I didn't hit that. And then so he'd pick it back up, pull it back out and the wind took it back in the hole Oh my God, again. Just, no hit. You're like, Harvey, take the wind. You can, <laughs> the wind is helping you. Oh, anyway. so good. So good. Good. Um, I am very excited for today's guest. We have Marcia Leone. And if that name isn't familiar with you, not so mumsy 
might be as she is an author. Um, she's also got a label called Not So Mumsy, the label. And what I love about Marcia is how much she shares online about motherhood. But she's it's interesting. She has got such a, if you go on a page, very, very beautiful, very aesthetically pleasing mm. content, always has been, very fashionable. And I feel like I've followed her for quite a while now and I, I remember a while ago seeing some posts almost like people had said something like it wasn't like too relatable or anything like that because she she dresses up mm. and she, you know, likes to do so. And I think that's really interesting because it's almost like people are saying, like, if you're a mum, oh, forget to. about whatever you used to do prior yeah, to that. Yeah. Like, you have a new identity. Yeah. So you should look a certain way. Um, but I love that she kind of pushes back on that. And I think one particular post that she has done recently was when she spoke directly about motherhood and working and the balance and the juggle of that and how it pulls on both her heart and headstrings and all of that. Mm. So that is one thing that kind of really sparked me to want to talk to her because obviously I could relate to a a lot of what she was sharing. But we are so excited for this chat with Marcia. She's a proud mum of two. She's co-parenting at the moment, juggling so much. Mm. So, so, so excited to be chatting to her today. Hi, Marcia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I thought where we could start, just for any of the listeners who might not know, you're a mum of two. Tell us about your kids. Yes, I'm a mum of two. Uh, Archie is almost 12 now and Poppy is six. So I have two kids in school this year. Um, Yeah, I live in Sydney and I've had um, my Not So Mumsy platform, which started as a blog 10 years ago now. Mm. And then I did Instagram when it was just starting kind of to support the blog. And obviously we know that Instagram overtook the blogs and yeah, I created a beautiful community called Not So Mumsy. Was your Instagram handle Not So Mumsy originally? It was. Yes. I was going to say because I've been following you for a while, and um, yeah, I was I was saying it even in the intro earlier with Mandy, and then I I was like, oh, but it's not, and I swear it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. So I changed. I think it was just last year that I changed. Yeah, okay, it. so it was more recent. Um, yeah, so I've got my book Not So Mumsy, my website Not So Mumsy, and Not yeah. So Mumsy the label. So I was Not So Mumsy, then I thought I should just be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, it's so nice. And congratulations. You, you've done so much over that time, but the juggle is something that I definitely want to chat to you about today. And I just want to say, I really respect how you speak to it online, to your community. I think you put it to words way better than I think I could ever. Um, And I just, every time you post something about the juggle or being in a certain phase where motherhood's coming first or, you know, you're having to hustle a little bit more with work, I can't tell you how much I relate to that. So I just wanted to say thank you first of all, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. I also wanted to, to ask, so you're solo parenting? Yes. Yeah. So I've been a single parent for almost three years now. Um, and I had, we were, had a great co-parenting relationship and then he moved away, um, Mm -hmm. six months ago. And so I'm just doing it on my own now. So that's a whole new level of, uh, it's been a steep learning curve. Let's just say that. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a couple of friends who co-parent, but they're, you know, closer together. So I can Mm. only imagine how much more difficult that would be, um, in another state. So do you have family and friends around? How do you manage? Do you have a bit of a village? Uh, Look, this is why I created my online village because Mm -hmm. I don't really, I mean, I have a very few really close friends, uh, one in particular who is also a single mum and we connected when I first separated and she's kind of been my go-to and I think that's really important. My family live live 
like over an hour away. So we see them once a week, but I don't have any kind of day-to-day help Yeah, uh, unless I uh, pay for it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that's just the reality because I, my work is in Sydney and my kids in the school. And so, um, yeah, I'm pretty much doing it on my own, but I have, I feel like I have a huge community, online support community, um, and as, as well as um, a few really close friends in my life. That's nice. You spoke recently on another podcast uh, called The Deep. Yes. And you spoke really openly about your experience with your divorce and going through custody of your children. Yes. It's interesting. Um, we've had quite a lot of, uh, so we've got a community, kick bump community um, of mums and a lot of them have wanted to hear from someone um, because they might be going through it themselves or have just been through it. So yeah, anything that you could you could share that you feel comfortable sharing would be amazing. Yeah, it's a little bit tricky, obviously, because it's quite personal and there's um, other people involved. So I have to keep everything top level. Of course. <laughs> but um, I can always speak about my experience within that. And obviously, uh, like a lot of women would know, it's a very difficult decision to make to separate when you have children mm-hmm. because they are your priority, their mental health, their well-being is a priority, and you have to come to a point where it's like, okay, what is going to be better for them? What like, Looking at a maybe unhappy or could be unhealthy relationship or going through the separation, which both of them are going to be hard for the children and for us. But I think ultimately uh, the goal is to have happy parents, two happy parents. And, um, you know, obviously I advocate for trying to work it out and going to therapy and counselling, but some people just grow apart and that's okay. Mm. Like it's okay to grow apart and to go in different directions. And if there is no more growth within the relationship, and it's becoming a bit toxic or if you feel stunted or you're just not happy, there is another a life and an option out there that you can be truly happy and find yourself. And obviously everyone's journey is very different. Just navigating the co-parenting. I mean, I've had an incredible co-parenting experience and now a tougher co-parenting experience. So I've had both sides uh, as well. So, you know, there are challenges, but there's so much beauty in it as well, so much growth. And I just think if you're following your your heart and what's in the best interest for you, um, you know, a happy mum means happy children at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I often think that is in with my me and my partner. Um, that's something that we like to remind ourselves when when things are hard or we're having arguments or anything like that. It's like, let's we have to work through this and communicate because when we are not okay, whether that's personally and individually or something's not right, it's, it never reflects well. And it just reminds me like anytime I'm extra snappy, if Harvey's around my son, Mm. he'll just sit there and go, ah, and just yell. And he just looks at us. And then we're just like suddenly reminded, okay, there is someone in the room. It's super important what we are projecting as, you know, normal around him. Yeah. And Um, it's also okay for them to see that relationships aren't perfect and it takes work because it really does. And I want my kids to see healthy relationships and, you know, I'm – I didn't date or anything for almost two years. Um, and then now I've been almost uh, just over a year in my new relationship yeah. and we've taken it slowly and, you know, we live in separate houses and things, but they get to see that healthy relationship and that's really important for them as well. And their dad is in a healthy relationship too now. So, um, you know, I think it's okay for them to see mum and dad both happy as well. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And how, how was that, um, I suppose, transition to dating when you, when you did feel ready for it? Look, I, it took me ages. I, my friend uh, was like, you've got to, so 
when I was with my ex, it was before dating apps didn't exist. Yeah. We were together for 15 years. <laughs> so I was like, this is a whole new world. And I, every time she's like, show me these apps and these swiping, I was I'd like break out in hives. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not ready for this. So my journey, it was the first year and a half was a very much a healing journey for me to get to know who I was yeah. because I'd been in back to back relationships since I was 14 and mm. I never really had that time for myself. And so I really wanted to take that time for myself just to focus on my kids, my work, and kind of rediscover who I am mm. and kind of get a sense of self back before I, I didn't want to jump straight from one relationship to another. I really wanted to do that healing. So I took that time uh, and then I did bite the bullet one Friday night. I thought, I'm just going to put a little profile up on this <laughs> dating app. And I was on it for 48 hours and that's how I met my partner. Nice. That is some, in and out. That is success story. For <laughs> that, that is app. a success story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's that's nice because, yeah, and I, I think it's also then the navigation of when you feel you're ready to introduce to your kids. I'm sure that was that was a big moment as well. Well, yeah, I um, had a rule that it would be six months. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't introduce or mention or anything until I knew it was solid because I didn't want men in and out of my children's life. Mm -hmm. um, so... We dated for six months before I even introduced, and then I introduced as a friend, and then like it's been very slow and steady because, you know, that my kids' well-being and how they're processing it is always my priority. So, um, you know, Arch is quite sensitive, so I and he's at that age too; he's almost a teenager, mm. so it's different. So I think it depends on the age of your children as well yeah. and how quickly you can introduce. I mean, Poppy is like easier in that way. Archie, you know, being a boy, a bit more protective of his mum and being almost a teenager, he's, you know, he, he really likes him, but it's been a slower transition. Mm. Has yeah. he always been really protective of you? Because my son is that way with me, even with my husband, as in like, he's very yes. protective of me. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, I think it's a boy mum thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> the day that yeah. it stops, I'm going to be really sad. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, I do want to speak about one post that you wrote that spoke to me so, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Just, it honestly felt like you were saying what was in my mind and my heart. So um, I did want to bring it up with you because I appreciated it so much. But you mentioned that being a stay-at-home mum was harder on your sanity but then being a working mum was harder on your heart. Yeah. And I just was like, well, that's the best way to explain it. And I've never been able to put the words together. So I just think that that was the perfect way to explain it because it's something that I personally struggle with quite a lot, being a business owner and, mm -hmm. and also a mother. And I've always been incredibly maternal. I always knew that I wanted kids. And honestly, motherhood is even better than I ever imagined and so fulfilling. Yeah. And yet my business was my first baby that I'm still so attached to. So that, that juggle I, I do relate to. And I just, I wanted to know how you navigate, you know, going through those different phases where one might need to, um, I mean, obviously our children are always going to be the priority, but yeah. sometimes work, you need to hustle a little bit yeah, and, totally. and make things work. So yeah. um, we'd love you to chat through how you, how you juggle yeah. that. Well, I think very much there are seasons in your motherhood journey and there are seasons where, um, you know, the focus has to be more on your child and their seasons. You know, we, we are creative and we, if you've had a business before children, like I did, I have a very full life of travel and work and I worked in media and, you know, that was a very, a very big part of my identity and I wanted to keep that. But I also absolutely loved being a mum 
And so I was, I had maternity leave. So I was a stay-at-home mum for the first two and a half years before mm-hmm. I started. My, I never actually went back to the office. I started not so mumsy when um, I was on maternity leave when my son was almost two. So I have been the stay-at-home mum and just craving that creativity and that break and that mental stimulation that I used to have. And then I've been the working mum when I wrote my book and, um, you know, when my brand took off and I Mm. launched my label and I was away from that and I was missing out on moments of the children because my husband at the time was at home with them more during that period. And every, whichever the circumstance you're in, it pulls at your heartstrings because you're like, oh, I'm missing bath time because I'm working. Or if you're home with them, you're like, I just need a break. I just need to, you know, use my creative brain. So, you know, there is a constant mental load and juggle with being a working mum, with being a stay-at-home mum and with trying to work around your children from home, mm-hmm. as a lot of us did during lockdown which was, <laughs> and homeschool, which was a whole nother level. But yeah, so I feel like I kind of operate in seasons and, you know, I did the boss mum thing and the hustle and I was able to do that when I had some support. And now I don't have a lot of support. So I've had to kind of step back a little bit on my um, work where I can and kind of focus on the kids because my kids are at a whole new level now where they are, you know, they're in school and my son does um, soccer five times a week and there's all the extracurricular things. So it's a, it's a different type of busy to when you're a new mum and you've got just kind of the, the toddler or the newborn. It's like just you, you're a taxi, you're in the car, you're driving, you're cooking dinner, you, you know, you're washing 7,000 sports uniforms whilst trying to run a business at the mm. same time. And it's really, really tricky. And I, earlier this year, I, I burnt out because I was trying to do it both at a hundred mm. and I just couldn't. And I was failing, but I felt like I was failing both. I was like, my house was just a disaster house you know, I was forgetting school bags and school lunches and, you know, my kids obviously going through the transition with their dad. So I was holding a lot of their emotions as well as my emotions about that, trying to run a business, trying to do the logistics and then trying to be upbeat and show up for my community. And it was just too much. And I was like, I can't actually do all of this because I'm, I'm burning out. Mm. So I had to reshuffle a few things and I was, and, and I resisted it because I was like, oh, I, I thought that I was out of this stage where you know, everything was around my mum life, but I kind of had to go back into it. So I resisted it. And now I've learned to surrender to it again and I'm really loving it. So mm. I'm still a working mum, mm. but I'm I'm kind of slowing things down. I'm, I'm not scaling up or, or building my business more at this stage because my kids really need me and that's where I need to be right now. So, yeah. I, and I think the, the self-awareness that obviously you've, you've grown over time as well is, um, is something to be admired. I think that's where the pressures from society of being a boss woman and, you know, always striving for more and everything like that, it can be really hard when you're then thrown in, not thrown into motherhood, but you've also got motherhood in the mix of that because, you know, being a, a great and present mum is also very important to me. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it's, the, it's yeah. the tug of war between two. And you're comparing yourself a lot to other people and other other business women online, and you know, which is has its whole other, <laughs> it's a whole other thing when mm. you when you're you're kind of in in this space and you're online a lot, and you can you know even mums that aren't you know, that are just scrolling Instagram, they're like, oh well, they can do it, they're managing it, and that's why I feel it's very important to keep showing up in my vulnerability and saying. 
no, this is really bloody hard. Mm. Like I'm not coping this week. Like my house, you know, yes, I did this amazing thing work-wise, but like check out my house. Like it's an absolute disaster. Mm. So I think it's important um, to continuously remind women that, you know, we can do it all if we have support, but it's okay to not be able to as well and to have seasons where it's not about your business or, you know, you have to be kind to yourself. That's what mm-hmm. I've learned. Yeah. You know, so much pressure that we put on ourselves as well because of how we've been brought up and we can say society and it is how we've been conditioned, but I have that drive in me too. And then I, I look at people online and I'm like, oh, well, they're doing this as well. So I feel the pressure that mm-hmm. I need to be doing. And then I'm like reminding myself, no, this is my journey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have different circumstances and it's okay not to be doing it because you kind of naturally want to be keeping up and ever evolving in business, right? Mm. But um it can't come at the expense of your mental health yeah. and your own well-being because your kids need you to be healthy and happy. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That was put perfectly. One thing I did want to talk about as well is, I mean, I love that that the label you've brought out is predominantly, you know, PJs and loungewear and it's just, it's it looks gorgeous. Um from following you over the years, your feed has always been so beautiful and it seems as though you love, you know, to dress up and everything like that. And I, I find myself, I've got like really two polarizing personalities when it comes to my fashion sense. It's like either like today, I'm literally wearing an oversized hoodie and Hmm. runners and stuff, but like, it's either like extreme comfort or it's like, I love getting dressed up. I love makeup. I love doing all that, you know, stuff. And, and I feel like for so long, there was this thing and I believe you might, someone might've called you out for it in the past. And I think you, you spoke back and I loved you for it because I think it was almost like someone called it unrelatable content in a way, because, mm-hmm. you know, how can a mother look like this? Or it's just like, that's, that's not feasible. It's not going to work for me. And it's like, what have we done to, to mean that like a mother needs to look a certain way or be a certain way or lose touch with who they were prior to motherhood? Yeah. You know, I, w- I would love to get your thoughts on this because I think for some people, Sure, they might not care or it might they might not value getting dressed up or that that doesn't add anything to their life and that's fine that's what works for them mm. but I think it, what's really special is that you do and that you enjoy it and that you still can as a mother and I think that's yeah. really cool and admirable too so I just love you to talk to that. Yeah, I think it's all about still identifying with who you were before kids. Yeah. So for me I loved fashion. Yeah. You know, I love fashion, I love travel, that's where I was before. And I feel like that's why I created my platform is that you, you can, yes, you're a mum, but you're still you. Yeah. Whatever that means. Maybe before having kids, you still love trackies as well. And that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I do too. And I go through seasons. I mean, I cre- created a pajama label yeah, exactly. because I was living in my pajamas for six months, you know, <laughs> and I wanted them to feel good and feel nice and be able to do the school run in them too, you know, that, that type of thing. So, but I think that you don't have to be one or the other. You can be both yeah. in everything in motherhood, you know, you can be both. So you can, you can, still like if that's important and it's not important to everybody mm. and it depends on my season too. I mean, I go through like phases of three months where I don't wear any makeup and track suits and Ugg boots and as well. And then I go through phases where, oh, this makes me feel good. So mm. it's all about what makes you feel good. And sometimes when you're in the trenches for six days and you've had two sick kids and you're like, well, I want to go out for dinner and I want to put some red lipstick on and I want to, you know, feel yeah. good about myself as well. And that's okay. So you know, everyone's on their own journey and everyone yeah. has their own interests. And I think that it's, it's, it's okay to be both. Yeah. It's okay if you're a mum that loves, I mean, my brand was not so mumsy, which is like, you know, 
loving, you know, that sense of, and it's whatever you're into pre-motherhood was kind of yeah. what was behind that. So it's, you know, like retaining a sense of self. Yeah. And that's, that's what my, my brand was about. And you know, you can do that. Like, and I don't put, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big makeup person. I don't spend like an hour on my makeup every day. I'm like a five minute done out the yeah. door. But if that's what you're into, and there's a lot of mums that are into makeup, like I only learned how to do my makeup at the age of like 35, I think, <laughs> roughly. But, you know, if that's what you're into, then that's fine. Whatever makes you feel good, mm. because motherhood is so isolating and it can be, and you can just feel like shit, mm. really. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel, you can have days and months and years in the postpartum period where you yeah. just feel like shit. And for some people that's just putting on active wear and going to the gym. That's what makes them feel good yeah. and that's amazing. Other people it's like, oh, I want to feel like myself again. So I'm going to put on, you know, a nice pair of jeans and put on some heels and put on some lipstick. And whatever makes you feel good, just do that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to ask, I mean, I wanted to finish on for anyone because I know how common it is, especially in that first year or two where you feel like you might have lost yourself a little bit in in motherhood any tips on how to find it but it just sounds like whatever you were interested in and whatever made you happy prior you know remembering that that can still be a part of your life totally and my my big thing was always about there's so much judgment when Mm. you become a mom about everything it's how you look it's how you know whether you bounce back whether you don't Mm. whether you wear makeup whether you don't whether Mm. you are relatable whether you're not you know you cannot win and you can't win in social media we all know that no matter what you do you're going to have people on the opposite saying, well, that's not right, you know. So I think that you just got to back yourself and do whatever whatever kind of makes you feel good. If that's self-care, that's definitely finding uh, a village, whether it's online or, you know, having that support is really important as a new mum, checking in with your mental health, um, just doing things that make you feel good and make you feel supported, I think, very important. But, you know, and you and it's also, I mean, it takes years to rediscover who you are after you become a mum because you're not the same person you were before, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's, it's the steepest, like it's the most growth that you you can have as a woman, I think becoming a, a mum, like mm-hmm. it really kind of brings you to your knees and then it rebuilds you as well. So, you know, that I talk about the motherhood paradox a lot where it's, you know, it can be beautiful but challenging at the same time, you know, and that's what I, that's how I like to view it as a whole. Like you can be grateful and over it. It can be beautiful mm. and challenging. Like it's, it's both. And that's the same for, you know, when you become a mum and when you're finding out who you are, like, you know, you just have to do what makes you feel good. Sounds good. Thank you so much for today. It's been awesome getting to know you a little bit more. And there's just so many beautiful words that you've shared today that I think our community are really going to be able to relate to and take home. So can't thank you enough for your time and for everything that you share online as well. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you would like to get involved with the kick pod or kick bump pod, you can by going to our Instagram at kick pod and sending us a voice note or writing in a DNM. And if you would like to join a bit of a virtual mother's group, we like to call it our kick bump Facebook community is for you. There is so much in there, encouragements of finding your journey again after having a baby or questions during pregnancy. It's a virtual mother's group of love and support and you are so welcome. So you can find us there. If you would like to learn more about Kick, you can go to our website, kickapp.com, or you can find us on the Apple Store and Google Play Store where we have a seven-day free trial. Thank you for listening and we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye. Bye.